tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren, joined as always by Brett Terpstra and Jeff Severns Gunsel. Gentlemen, how are you doing this, uh, you know, Christmas Eve Eve? So cold. Lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, I know. Christina's got unseasonably cold weather, and uh, you're in Atlanta, right? I am in Atlanta. Yes. And it's like 12 degrees. It's like 12 degrees. Our, we, when it gets this cold in Minnesota, we, we go by wind chill um, because that's all that matters. How fast we, will your face freeze when you step out the door? Uh, yeah. we, we have. But uh, that, how fast I, will you die Jeff, when you step yeah, out the door? Jeff and I have negative 30 degrees right now. It's beautiful. That's it's crazy. So it's gonna so, yeah, warm so up our- today. It's gonna get up to negative twenty six. So <laughs> okay, looking forward so, to so that. It's only the wind chill here is only five degrees. So uh, or is, cool. is, is actually sorry, I was gonna say is actually five degrees. So so we're not that's, as bad as you. That's, that's very cold. frigid, nonetheless. That yeah. is still okay. that's still frostbite in about fifteen minutes. One hundred percent. And then we're not used to this this sort of you know weather. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what Jeff was saying. Like we, us Midwesterners, we we talk about like our 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 cold and our snow and everything, but we have the infrastructure to and deal the with constitutions. We're, we have we have years <laughs> of dealing with this. We're we, yeah, we're we're used to it. This is almost expected for us. But like the rest right. of the country now no, is seeing exactly. weather that they're not prepared for. It's scary. Yeah, super scary. Yeah. So I left I left Seattle on um, what day was it? Sunday. No, Tuesday. Left Seattle on Tuesday. And uh, today's Friday. And uh, it was like snowing, like right as I was leaving. It, to the point that our flight was delayed about half an hour because it started snowing fairly heavily. And then we, they had to de-ice the, the tarmac and let us get off and whatnot. But even just the, the, the light you know, pattern of snow is just so such a weird comparison to snow in New York where – you know, the streets are salted and people are used to it. And the way that they design the roads and stuff are usually so that, like, if it snows, you'll be able to walk on it okay. And, you know, I have, I'm like, I have this cobblestone type of walkway outside of my apartment complex on this, like, one way street, which is in no way conducive because this has happened before when it snowed or, or iced over. Like you could fall on your ass and and, oh, sure. and, and really hurt, hurt yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like the University of Washington, this girl slipped on black ice and died, and they didn't have any signs up. So her parents sued the fuck out of the school, and I hope they got every single dollar in the universe because that was one hundred percent the university's fault. Like fuck them for real for not having signs up or anything when there was black ice. Also, Seattle. I'm gonna bitch about this for a second. They refuse to ice the the sidewalks, and it's it now it snows there usually in February. And and wait, and we, do you mean salt the sidewalks? Yeah, they refuse to. You said ice the sidewalks. I feel like sorry, that sorry, naturally. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, they refuse to salt <laughs> the sidewalks with, with ice. Sorry about that. So they refuse to ice uh, or salt the the sidewalks when, when they're iced over because they're worried about the fucking fish. And like, mm. here's the thing: if for one or two days out of the year. Fuck the fish, dude. I don't give a shit. People are dying. No. When when, when, totally, when, a, girl, totally, yeah. when, when a girl at UW dies because they don't have the proper way to, you know, de-ice stuff, like, fuck that. 
Like, honestly, like, fuck that forever. I, 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 I like I, the, the environmentalists can come after me, but the rest of the freaking country that also has big fishing things has figured out how to get rid of ice. I mean, again, Midwest, you know, you've got a lot of lakes and stuff there. New York, the whole like East Coast, yeah, they ice totally. shit. So like, fuck the fish, man. Like they will adapt or it'll be three days and it's not the end of the world. But maybe like yeah. maybe 19 year old girls won't slip and die. This is I, awful. I finally bought crampons this year. Do you know what crampons are? I do. I, I do. Didn't realize how much that sounds like tampon. I know it's <laughs> it's a weird word. Cramp and tampon and like it cramp? just has all these like weird associations. But for anyone who doesn't know, crampons are uh, cleats, metal cleats yep. for your shoes. Yep. And and I got some that are they're rubber, and I you just slip them on as if they were rubbers, not like. Condoms, there you go but again. Like, so many, I know again. it's so many. It's a really problematic topic. Yeah, but like I can I can flip them on before I go for a walk with the dog, who now refuses. Like we get her all suited up. We get socks and boots on her. We put two coats on her. Get her all bundled up. Get her out into the Reindeer middle of the driveway. Hat. We get her out to the driveway, and she just plants. She plants her her paws and refuses. She'll like she does a hard look away when she doesn't want to. When she wants to let you know, like, she does not like what's happening. She hard turns away from you. And she does that in the middle of the driveway. And I've tried, like, just getting just getting her to walk a little ways because she won't poop unless she walks. So if she doesn't walk, then she just barks all night and, like, goes outside for, like, 30 seconds. And then she's like, no, I got to let me back in. So I've been trying and we, it takes like 10 minutes to get her all suited up and to get my parka on and everything. (laughs) And then she just plants her feet in the driveway and will not get, she won't walk. It's, uh, I get it. I do, but it's, it's been frustrating last night to try to get her moving. So she would poop. I went to the basement and Elle stood upstairs and we called her back and forth and gave her a treat on each end just to get her to run up and down the stairs uh, <laughs> to try to try to move that poop out. And and she did it about four times. And then she just I called her and instead she just ran to the couch and just like buried her head in the couch. She's like, I'm done with this. She's like, I'm, I'm not. She's like, I don't like the cold. I'm not into this. I was not. I was not. I was not, not, not into the stair climber exercise. You are reminding me of all of my friends who have this experience, but then also are like, "Fuck no, kids." <laughs> it's like really, it's a lot easier. <laughs> See, and I'm like, "Fuck no" to both, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, 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 I love animals, and uh, uh, some some kids are cute, but I'm like, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, I could I could honestly live without the dog. Um, I I miss. I was going to ask you. You've got both, and like, because my thought when I hear that also is like, that's why cats. But you've got yeah. both, so you know. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm a cat guy. Uh, it's it, L. I had Emma the pit bull, and I loved her dearly, and she gave me so much love. Like she yeah. was worth, and she she really just other than being dog aggressive. Um, like she was fine with any person, especially loved children and just like would curl up with you and love you. And she was not a pain in the ass. But Lulu, who who is Elle's dog, I mean, our dog now, we've been together long enough. I have to take some ownership of this dog. But um, but Lulu, well, just she she doesn't lick like I love when dogs lick my face. I know a lot of people <laughs> fucking hate that. Uh, is this, but, are we leading into your um, rocket money app here? <laughs> but but it, it, that feels like love <laughs> to me. And uh, 
and and she doesn't do that and she's very just needy and prissy and also dog aggressive like we can't take her to the dog park because she'll (laughs) fight everybody and i don't it's just not as much fun as emma and if i had to choose right now i would 100 take my cats yeah (laughs) i do love yeah no we love dogs I i was gonna say i'm a dog person but but part of that is i've i well i'm allergic to cats not super super bad um my dad is like incredibly allergic and like 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 walks into a house where the cat might not even be there but if there's any whiff of the the dander at all then his face and his fingers and his glands and everything starts swelling and um Mm. Uh, like, like uh, you know, probably be the thing where he could probably go into like a uh, um, anaphylactic, anaphylactic like, shock. Yeah, yeah. If you're around too many cats, uh, uh, honestly, which makes it funnier that like the one time our family did have a cat is because my sister wanted one. This is before I was born, and uh, and he he let her have a cat, and then I guess she, you know, like everybody realized that it was just not for the best, and and something happened to that cat. I don't know, but um, yeah. So I grew up with dogs. So I, I'm not as comfortable with cats, even putting some of the allergy stuff aside, which for me is mostly just like itchy eyes. Um, I've never tried hairless cats. No, mm-hmm. but again, I've never been around cats that much. So because sure. my my whole thing, too, is it's like I, I think that personality wise, there are parts of me that would appeal to me. And then there are parts of me where I'm like, oh, shit, no, they jump on things and they get into stuff. <laughs> yeah, and like, I love it. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, I I love watching a cat get up on a bookshelf and just like test things to see what will move. And as soon as something budges a little, knock it on the floor. Like, I get that. Like, I that. like, I'm like, I feel you, man. I get that. (laughs) So if it moves, knock it on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. And and then then I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? I just spent all this time organizing this or like sand on my jewelry box. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what you get for organizing. I, I get it. True, I get it. True. That's what um, want a monk. So for the mental health corner, I think we should mix it up with kind of Christmas plans. Um, we got a couple days till Christmas. I know all of us have very different situations when it comes to Christmas. So uh, for me, my Christmas plans are pretty tied to my mental health right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I figured we could combine the two. But uh, Christina, yeah, no, what are good. you... What are your Christmas slash mental health plans? So I'm with my family in Atlanta. I had COVID last week. Um, and that was, man, like, so my big my big kind of takeaway on that was um, I was just really tired. Uh, but it knocked my knocked me on my ass. Like, it really, really did. I, mm. I, I thought that I had it uh, in January. And I might have. But in that case, it was not like this. Like, this whatever this strain, whatever this latest strain is for me, I had, and here's the thing. I wouldn't have even known that I was positive, but my mom unknowingly had it. So did my dad. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take a test. And my first test was positive, but I'd messed it up. And so I was like, well, I cured Mm -hmm. the test. Not a big deal. I took another one. I waited. I thought I'd waited the 15 minutes. It was negative. I was like, okay, cool. I'm fine. And then two days later, I was looking at the bathroom counter and I looked at the test again. And I realized it was a very faint mm-hmm. red line. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. And then I took a test again, and I was immediately red. And then Grant, I got it from him because he was sick first. And uh, and, and he was immediately positive. And, and he was negative, I think, as of like 
Sunday that I think it took me until or, or Saturday. It took me until like Monday to be negative. But I was just like knocked on my ass for that. So uh, my parents likewise have been sick. And so Christmas here are slash holiday plans. So I'm in Atlanta um, with my family. But um, everybody's just feels like a week behind because we all got knocked on our asses for a week. Yeah. So um, but the good news is, is this will be not baby's first Christmas, but it'll be the first one that he's a little more aware of. Sentient for sure. Right, because he's he's twenty months now. So um, we have a, a Thomas the, the Tank Engine ride on toy coming today that also has a track, so he can both ride on it, um, like you know, through the house or through the backyard. But there's also like a circular track that it goes around too. So this is what it's like when that. you get a job. Exactly. <laughs> so so because well, he really likes trains. He really likes trains, and I wanted to get him a car of some sort. And then I saw this Thomas thing and I was like, oh, this is actually even better because he's so little, um, you know, like uh, maybe get him the G-Wagon for a second birthday. But and, and this way he can like use it indoors and outdoors. So now the the fun part will be, you know, getting him all kinds of toys and stuff and in watching that unfold because the rest of us awesome. have just been kind of on our asses. So that's me. All right. Jeff. Uh. You know, I don't have a lot of emotional uh, sort of, I don't know what, chaos or trauma or anything around Christmas, um, like so many people I know and love do. Um, So we, every other year, we stay home. And uh, on the flip side, we go to Indianapolis where my wife's parents are. And um, I can just say, I just love staying home. I actually love being in her parents' house. They're great. They're wonderful people. Um, fun to be around. Uh, but I just love to be home. I, um, I, uh, I come from on one side, a gigantic family, gigantic Catholic family. So we'll go there for Christmas Eve and there'll be about 45 people there. Um, and I find that exhausting. Uh, it's fine. It's not terrible, but it's exhausting. Uh, but I love a quiet Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Uh, and, and we get that, get that all to ourselves this time. So it's always hard to say out loud. Cause I, it's like, I, Hey, everybody listen, I like coming there. I like going here, but I love, <laughs> love being alone with my family yeah, on Christmas sure. Eve. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't have, mu- I don't have much to report on that front. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, I, uh, my, my whole family is, in town, like my brother, my sister, my parents, all of their children. Um, and I'm, my brother's been in town since like Tuesday and I haven't seen him yet. Cause I've, I'm not comfortable around my brother. Um, I like his kids, but I don't need to see a lot of them. Um, I, I have a lot of <laughs> weird emotions around family in general, um, I like my sister and her family better, but still not like, hey, let's all go out and get manicures or whatever. I don't know what people do with their families. Um, <laughs> Pedicure but- for sure. <laughs> they, they, well, oh well, if, if you're my family, my, my me and my mom and my dad watched Little Lord um, uh, Fauntleroy or Fauntleroy, whatever the movie is <laughs> nice. called last night so and then we're watching christmas movies all day today so that's awesome 
that that's what we do but i yeah. I, I feel you you're you're, you're not yeah, wanting to, we, you, you like your sister we, but that's not your jam we don't have any tradition of watching movies we will i will go over there christmas morning and i will spend probably two two and a half hours being inundated by small children and uh dealing with my brother's sarcasm and judgmental nature and my mom's uh, tactless interrogations. And uh, it'll be, (laughs) it'll be fun. Um, My girlfriend of like six years now, um, she, her parents are both deceased. Um, and, And speaking of tactless interrogations, my mom, like the first time she hung out with Elle alone, She's like, so at what age, what age were you orphaned? Oh my god! <laughs> like, the, weird, the weirdest way to ask that question. Oh my also, god! The, also, also, like one of the shittiest. I have to say, like, just but come on, Mama Brett. Like, what the fuck? Is her mom died on like Christmas Eve? So oh, for her and her oh, sister, Jesus. it is. This is this is yeah. Especially yeah, for her it. sister. Her sister dealt with that a like. Elle was the one who was like hospice care for their mother. Um, she she had a lot more of a chance, I think, to um, come to terms with and grieve like in the moment. Right. Uh, whereas her sister was a little more removed from it, and and Christmas always fucks her up a little bit. Um, yeah. It's it's gotten better, but uh, but I don't yeah. have any in laws to visit. You know, I only have my own family that I have a very contentious relationship with. Right. But now, how, now, now how, how does Elle deal with being around your family? Because I know, oh, like, she she does her best, but my parents make her angry because she can see in in our interaction, she can see how they fuck me up. Right. Like she can see. Yeah. She can see like all the things that are painful for me. Like she sees where they come from, and she's very cordial, friendly. Um, right. She makes a real effort because she knows my relationship with my parents is important to me to some extent. Right. Um, mm. And she will make the effort to to be friends with them, but we will never go out of our way to hang out with them. No, and- no, that no, that makes total sense. Yeah, because so my Grant and I, it's sort of a similar thing. I mean, not that his uh, well, only his father is, is has passed now. Um, his mom, as as I talked with the last episode I was on, um, is not doing well. Although, um, they are all together right now. Um, in in Florida, um, yeah. but um, I grew up like not to say that my my family life was perfect because it certainly was not, but it's a lot more like normal and uh, or not normal, but like stereotypical. Like, sure, I, I don't sure. think anybody has normal families, but like I have a much more stereotypical, like, you know, two parent household thing and whatnot. And, and, and my parents, like everybody's parents fucks them up like mine, to be honest, like, sure. You know? Yeah. That's course of other, life. Sure. Other things fucked me up more than my parents did. But, um, so for him, it, it's like this, this weird thing where like, if I, when I have to like be around like his family, sometimes it's the same thing where like, I see all of his traumas and stuff and I'm like, okay, how do we how do we deal with this, you know, and, yeah. and, and wanting to be supportive. But so I, I totally understand like, um, and then, uh, yeah. And I, but I definitely understand to the experience, like my immediate family, I don't have this, but some of my extended family, I definitely are similar to, to, to you, Brett, where I'm just like, I don't care anything. Like at least with some of them anyway, I'm like, 
I need to hold my tongue or, mm-hmm. and this might be different from you because like you do want like a relationship with, with your family. There's some members of my extended family who I do not give a shit. I do oh, not care. My my entire mom's side of the family I haven't talked to in twenty years. So. But like but but I have to but 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 I have to see them sometimes and then yeah. I have to like, you know, put on the face and I'm just kinda of, but it, but internally I'm like, you literally mean nothing to me. So yeah. this is awkward now because there are, are judgmental and, you know, like the type of people who yep. make make it difficult through that process. I'm just I'm just fortunate enough that that my uh my parents are 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 good and my mom has even stopped asking me if I want to go to church. So um, too. Which I appreciate <laughs> they, they, for years they're like, Do you want to at least come to like Christmas Eve service with us? And I did one year probably like 15 years ago, I went to church with them and I walked out. Like it was so uncomfortable for me to be in an evangelical free church. And and the way it made me feel was so awkward that I had to leave. Um, like <laughs> I got angry. Um, but yeah, uh, I hit a social, I hit it like I have a social time limit. Um, I'm really good and gregarious even for about half an hour. Um, if I am forced into social situations for more than an hour, I get sarcastic and a little bit grumpy and mean. Um, and in the case of my family, that means like lashing out and saying like intentionally saying offensive things, uh, to try to like push buttons. And that like, it doesn't happen until I've like hit my time limit. Um, and Elsa actually, she understands like what's happening and will like, work to get me out of a situation if she senses like I've hit that like whiplash moment where I'm going to start, start lashing out at people. But mm. anyway, yeah, this it's going to is... be, it's going to be interesting. It'll be over soon. We got a couple of days. I feel like we shouldn't let this uh, segment end without uh, the Tolstoy line from the beginning of Anna Karenina. All happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. <laughs> so the opening lines that, of that book, which I recently started oh, rereading. <laughs> I so I can't remember if I read it or not. I don't. I might. I think I would have remembered that line. So I guess I did not read that in high school. But that's amazing. And now I kind of want to read the book. To be honest. Well, also, even if and anybody out there that did read it in high school, I, I did not read it in high school. I read it about two years ago um, at like forty six or whatever. That is, it's like it, it's 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 at a point of adulthood that you need to read that book. That's where it really hits beautifully and wonderfully. Like, I don't understand. I think of all the people I know that read that in high school and I think of the book and I'm like, how did you even have any kind of resonance at all with any of this shit? Like, yeah. I tried to so read it. And I thought I tried to read it in fifth grade because I thought it would be like smart. Like I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. I wanted to be smart. So I was like, I'm going to read Tolstoy and I, it, it Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Well, you were 11. Yeah. You were 11. So I, I mean, like I, I I did Dickens then like Dickens, you can do, right? Like I I, I did Dickens then. Absolutely. Dickens is perfect for that stuff. Get some great expectations. I was was really into like Anthony Burgess at the time. Uh, uh, mouthful read, of air. I read what was nothing, that? nothing on my own, yeah. uh, th- all <laughs> through high school and elementary school, except Hammer of the Gods, the the 
largely falsified biography of Led Zeppelin. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the reason I, what, what I did that worked so beautifully is like, I legitimately wanted to read all these kind of classics that seemed like just part of the canon that for some ridiculous reason, everybody was only reading in high school. And so I, I initially wanted to just, I wanted to read war and peace really bad. I'd started it every new year's resolution for three mm-hmm. years. Yep. And finally I put out a, I didn't say war and peace, but I put out a thing on Facebook. I'm like, who wants to read Tolstoy's short stories? It was a it was a manipulation because uh, uh-huh. I figured anyone who enjoyed the short stories I could I could get them at the right moment and be like how about we do War and Peace next and sure enough man this group it was such a beautifully random group um, and we read War and Peace just over the course of a year we took our time we just like a little bit at a time right and then we were like this is a great concept and so we did fucking um, we did Moby Dick we did Crime and Punishment Anna Karenina Frankenstein amazing Frankenstein is incredible oh Frankenstein is so good Frankenstein oh, is so good oh my god it's just beautiful now Mary Shelley now, in, have you guys read other Mary Shelley stuff like she's yes. brilliant she's like oh, yeah. un- oh, totally. under underrated like for sure Oh, 100% agreed. No, so no, Frankenstein is great. And and a lot of those books are good. Now, here's my question for you, because this is the one that and I've read a lot. And and I I, I consider I don't consider myself like to be like a upscale whatever reader, but I read a lot and I read a lot of different things. I have never been able to get through Ulysses. And I have tried. No, it's on our list to try. But 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 Joyce kicks my ass every single time. And and I like Ulysses just fucking kicks. Yeah my ass right like I, well, I, i've I, never been able to get through it and i want to be clear here i'm not talking to you as like a clean fingernail uh, liberal who's done all the right <laughs> things i did not graduate <laughs> high school so i'm like i'm uh i'm i'm not going some people react that way and it's like i'm not going for social capital like i really wanted to read these books and they were all phenomenal now the experience i'm having i'm curious I'm, if you guys have had what's that go ahead christina no, I was going to say, no, I haven't gotten through Ulysses. I did read Finnegan's Wake, and I liked that. Oh, my God. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. But I was able to get through Finnegan's Wake, but Ulysses was the one where I was just like, I can't. Two big ones for me that I'd like to read are Ulysses, Ulysses, and then obviously completely different era, Infinite Jest. Oh, I haven't read Infinite Jest. Because it's My parents bought... But it's my hard. parents bought one of those yeah. uh, like bookshelf, uh, like all the classics, right? And it looks like yeah, an encyclopedia yeah. set, and it has like yep. in gold gold lettering the names of all the yep. authors. And I worked my way through that as a kid, and a lot of like that was where I discovered how fucked up um, Alice in Wonderland was. Oh, yeah, the like the actual book and Wizard of Oz that was in there. Like the original version, like the actual book of Wizard of Oz right. was pretty fucked up. Like, yeah, especially yeah. when you're, especially when you're like nine, 10 years old, like reading, no, no, reading obvious totally. drug references through and through. Yeah, totally, um, totally. And then, and then, and I don't know, I don't know if it's ever been decided or not. I've always taken the interpretation that uh, the Alice in Wonderland guy was a total pedophile. Um, really? I, I don't, okay. I don't think there's any, I, I, I don't think there's it, any interpretation. I don't think there's any interpretation you can have of, of that book and of his life that is not, he was a complete pedophile. It didn't um, strike me and, that way as a nine-year-old, but I, I believe if I read <laughs> it, if more. I read it as an adult, I would probably be like, oh shit. Well, I was in high school when I read it and, and I, I was like, okay, this is something's not right here. And this is before everybody was like, you know, having the really problematic discourse we have now, you know, uh, about yeah, yeah, like right. the, 
groomer this groomer that no like i'm sorry like i read alice in wonderland i know there are a lot of people who defend lewis carroll but i'm like you're not feeling it bro's fucked up bro is fucked up Uh and in in a way that wasn't like you know edgar Allan poe marrying his 13 year old cousin which gross but not like out of Mm -hmm. context for the time like that was not an uncommon thing to happen in in the 1800s whereas like lewis carroll i'm like i don't know bro but yeah, you're right. A lot of those kids' books, like Alice, uh, not Alice in Wonderland, no, Wizard of Oz, because that was a whole series of books, right? And um, they, uh, I, I read it as when, when, I read it as one piece. I don't know if it was well, originally no, 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 published had, serially. No, no, no. They had they had one, and then there were subsequent books in the oh, series. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't and keep up with and that. so and 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 if you've ever seen uh, Return to Oz, which is the ill-fated uh, Francis Ford Coppola produced uh, sequel. Uh, with a Fruza Balk uh, from the eighties, um, you see oh. how fucked up some of it gets, and and that to me probably like was more true to the to the books than um, than the the nineteen thirty nine uh, yeah. MGM classic. You know something I realized I I had no idea that um, Frankenstein was not the monster. You know what I mean? That's how <laughs> that's right. how it became, but. And and so I was reading Frankenstein, and I'm thinking about all the ways in which he's been, or Frankenstein has been represented as Frankenstein, the monster, not the doctor. But then I realized Motley Crue was telling me all along because they say <laughs> he's the one they call Doctor Feelgood. He's going to be your Frankenstein. <laughs> so they're telling me Frankenstein is the doctor, right? How many times did I listen to that song and I still didn't get it? I also never knew what happened at the end of Moby Dick. I'll, I'll, the rest of my book club was laughing because they'd be like, "Don't spoil it. I don't know what happens with the whale." <laughs> But anyway, I, I just want to say that having a group to do that with um, was just incredible. And and for, for that reason, I've read all these books that I always wanted to read. And now I'm reading them the second time through. And I'm finding for the first time, because I've never read a book twice, I'm finding how much um, enjoyment I get out of reading a book when the part of me that's worrying and wondering about what's going to happen is just not there. I already know what's going to happen. So I can just like go for the ride. And I'm finding that amazing. I know everyone else figured that out probably in college or earlier, but it's new for me. (laughs) So uh, speaking of classic literature, Mm. I would like to take a quick sponsor break. Yes. There, it, that is not actually a good segue because my <laughs> my read for Rocket Money is anything but classic literature. But a while back, I subscribed to the Robot Hallmark channel, uh, which is like battle bots, but with meat cutes. And uh, every synopsis starts with sparks fly when. Uh, it was fun for a little while, but <laughs> I, I got bored with the repetitive storylines. Like it's always the same plot with different robots and varying professions. So I decided next month I'll cancel it. But then I forgot and I kept paying for it for seven years. Um, I need a quick way to see all my subscriptions and cancel the ones I'm done with. That's why I love using Rocket Money now, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. I did actually find that out. Uh, I, I accidentally signed up in two different ways for Backblaze. Um, uh, I was paying a monthly and a yearly subscription, and Rocket Money helped me find that. Um, to cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash overtired. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash overtired. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash overtired. If you're no longer interested in sappy robot love stories, stop paying for them. Check out rocketmoney.com slash overtired. Hmm. Man, you got a whole life I don't know about until you read. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's, uh, it's rich. It's a rich for life. some for some people. It, it takes booze to loosen them up a little bit, but for you, it just takes a sponsorship. <laughs> you, it just takes a sponsorship. Also, though, like I feel like we do need like the robot uh, Hallmark Channel, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so last time I made it about robot dominatrixes, but it turns out that's actually a fucking thing. And and some people didn't know if I was joking or not. And so I tried I tried to find You Googled like, this one a few times. Find the line where people would it would obviously be a joke. Um I did not actually Google robot robot Hallmark channel. It does feel like that might be a thing that exists. Um, maybe in Japan. I don't I know. bet I bet nobody's asking FTX dude for money anymore, and I bet he's willing to try to at least on the <laughs> on the sly give some out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh uh Jeff, do you wanna who wants to do the uh the promo swap this week? Oh, doesn't matter to me. I can do it. Rock on. Sure. Rock on, rock on, Voomp. Yeah? No? Mm. Okay. No, I Sorry. like it. Thank you very much. I, I, I'm a fan. Um, promo swap. Self-esteem party. Do you ever look at your favorite comedians and think, wow, they're so successful. They must be so confident. Well, guess what? They're all hanging by a thread just like us. I would actually say, in my experience, more than us. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> thanks to social media, self-esteem is a huge part of our everyday experience. The same goes for people who make us laugh. Self-esteem party is the perfect blend of comedy and honesty. Each week, comedian and self-proclaimed superstar Alana Johnston Self-proclaimed—that's nice. I'm going to start putting that in my deal. Self-proclaimed <laughs> superstar interviews one of her showbiz pals and dives right into the core of who they really are and how they feel about themselves. Alana playfully guides her friends through their own self-exploration while simultaneously cracking them up. Each guest reveals a different struggle with their own self-esteem, self-image, and self-care, and their powerful, relatable conversations interspersed with Alana's exuberant comedy. So next time you're feeling down on yourself, check out Self-Esteem Party and let Alana cheer you up. New episodes every Tuesday at the sonarnetwork.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, Jeff. Fantastic. Actually, like I I looked that podcast up before we started recording and I didn't have time to listen to an episode, but it is one that I added to my podcatcher because it looks it, it it does look both funny and I feel like it's a lot like our mental health corner where yeah, it's yeah. a combination of, of things that make you laugh and things that, that you can relate to. So it looked good. Yeah. Um, no, it looks great. I really do hope that, that, uh, um, offspring self-esteem is the theme song though, because <laughs> that would be really, really good. Did you ever hear Kay Flay do that? Yes, Case we talked cover. about it. Yeah, it was I know. Good. Yeah, we talked about it. It was fantastic. It added was actually, to I, that song that I never appreciated before. 
No, um, Kate Play is just fantastic, and she she's she's a a, a bright discovery for me. So yeah, yeah big I appreciate fan of that. you saying that. She's a favorite of mine. Um, Christina, do you want to do the text expander read? I will definitely do the text expander read. So get your team communicating faster with a text expander and keep your team's knowledge at their fingertips. Put information in the hands of your team outside of silos. Your team could be sending a unified message to your customers without reinventing the wheel. So here's how it works. Store it. It means you can keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within text expander. Share it. Get your whole team access to all the content they need to use every day and expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps you use. It's that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, iPad. Overtired listeners get 20% off their first year. You can visit textexpander.com slash podcast for more info. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. We are huge fans of Text Expander here at Overtired. Mm-hmm. And so whether you want to use this, you know, individually, or I think actually in a team scenario, this would be a great way of like having kind of a wiki kind of, but uh, with everyone having access to it, don't have to, to, you know, remember what little things you needed to type in and, and access text expander is, uh, is great for that Textexpander.com slash podcast. Awesome. Cool. All right. Wee. So we got we got a couple a couple of topics. Uh, Jeff Jeff has a book we do need to talk about. Yes, um, we I do. feel like that that might be the next next sure. topic yeah. on the list here. Yeah, I have um, in my hands. I bought this in I bought this in spring of 1999. It is a little booklet published by the Utney Reader, where I would later serve as editor. But God, it was a lot wackier then. Um, (laughs) and it is the Y2K citizens action guide. First of all, each of you give me a little something of your memory of Y2K or the, the the approach to it. Was it on your mind? Were you worried? Were you blowing it off? I was excited. Like I was an anarchist kid. I was looking forward to, uh, chaos, the world falling apart and I was just going to drink and sort my way through it. And it was going to be a really good time. And I was, I was a little disappointed. Did you worry about your own little computers? Oh, I mean, no, no. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> no, I did not. And, and I, I'd also, I'd set forward the clock a couple of times and saw that nothing happened. <laughs> just to and it. yeah, I also even like reset like the CMOS like thing at one point I was like, this is not a big deal. Um, but I do remember like my aunt, um, uh, who, who's sadly, um, uh, no longer with us, but she, um, worked at a CSX, the, the train company as a software engineer. And she, uh, was, uh, I mean, she, she switched into other languages, but she got her start programming in COBOL. COBOL. Yep. And so, nice. and so her, her skills were very much in demand and like the train company, you know, like they needed to update a billion old mainframes and so my underlying like memory of it honestly was just like how much she was working around the clock to update all of those like mainframe systems from the 70s you know to be able to to accept you know four um letter uh, mm-hmm. uh four, four 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 character rather um dates 
but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's sort of weird because what's what's the next big one that's going to happen? It's like twenty thirty six or whatever. Oh, I thought it was thirty thirty three. Is there one in twenty twenty six? Twenty thirty six, I believe. Is there? There's a date problem. Um, and because uh, I think that there's like a yeah, because uh, there's like another uh, the twenty thirty eight problem. That that's what it is because it's is another bug. Unix? In- Unix yes. or Windows. It- Unix. The problem exists in yeah. systems measuring in Unix time um, because the number of seconds entered since Unix epoch, which is 00000000 UTC on January 1st, 1970, because that's stored in 32 bit as an integer, mm. the 32 bit namespace will be ex- uh, will be ended in 2038. And so this is actually no more fat. It's very similar. Right. So this is, <laughs> well, no, that'll be fine. But this is just like the systems that. <laughs> no are way, still... man. <laughs> you tell and, me. And it's not fat 32. And it's not fat 32 now. It's, it's, it's whatever it is. It's, it's a uh, X fat 32. Yeah. Or, or X fat. That's what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. but, um, it, anyway, it's very, very similar to the year 2000 problem. But in this case, there is still, and you're shocked, right? Cause we're now, we're, we're 23 years past Y2K. You would think that we would have learned some things, maybe gone back and started updating crucial systems to deal with like, you know, like namespace problems. No, we haven't. And there are there's a ridiculous amount of infrastructure that's very important that I don't think anybody's worried that like the world's going to end or planes are going to fall out of the sky. But a lot of billing systems and and nuclear reactors and things like that. Oh, nuclear reactors at this point are all usually Windows based, actually. So uh, I think that they were okay. Windows but there there are a lot of other. Yeah, well, it looks like you're having a meltdown. Uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> actually, actually, fun story. The reason that it took them so long, just brief tangent. The reason it took them so long to replace the terminal and the command line in um, Windows, and and now it's it's. Uh, you know, the Windows terminal is uh, available in the in the window in the Microsoft Store, and you can download it, and it's great, and it's open source. But the reason that they couldn't just like pull it out and replace it years ago, and the reason they had to do it the way they did it, is because a lot of um, like oil refineries and and nuclear things like rely on very specific quirks within older version of Windows. And because Microsoft is actually committed to backward compatibility, unlike some companies, um, they can't make those changes. And but anyway, needless to say, we're going to have the exact same thing. Like I, I'm, I'm looking forward to in 15 years for us dealing with like why Y2K 38, right? Like, <laughs> you know, there, well, there's so, actually, go ahead, Brett. How do you feel about backwards compatibility? Because Apple. Mm. Apple is able to introduce a lot of new solid features because they are willing to say, oh, that was five years ago. That won't work anymore. Right. Uh, We were ditching. In fact, our computers from 10 years ago can't use our latest operating system. We we don't care. And that gives them the opportunity to push forward, in my opinion. Sure. Um, sure, it it's does. annoying, especially if you want to keep well, if you want to no, keep it 2012. It well, 2012 well, no, it, it was expensive. Well, it's expensive. Well, here's the thing, in my opinion. I think that it's fine for consumer devices to have that approach. And mm, and I sure. do think that Apple has an okay track record, although they've gotten worse. And I do think that it is unfortunate there are, you know, they they've made decisions 
to not support things then maybe it's because they they don't feel like they can offer full support but there have also been ones that feel very arbitrary like this fits the minimum specs but we're not going mm-hmm. to allow it to be updated and, and people are able to find shims and, and get it working i'm okay with it on a consumer level although i do have questions about device preservation and whatnot which is separate but i think when you're talking about enterprise and i think when you're talking about industrial use cases i think it's a completely different scenario and to Jeff's point, from a cost perspective, I don't think you can necessarily expect, you know, systems that that work to constantly be, you know, refactored and and updated just because we want to introduce the latest features. Like I think that's that's a cop out. Now, is there a happy medium between being where you are forced to have a lesser experience because you have to support things from from fifty years ago? I'm sure there is, but. I, to me, I don't think you can compare. Like Apple has no presence and will never have any presence in industrial enterprise. They sure. never will. And they they are a consumer company through and through. So they don't have to worry about those problems. But I think that that and that's one of the reasons why they never had a chance in the server market and why they would never be able to do anything in a lot of the industrial markets because they like to move too fast. So that that's kind of my take. I think that yeah, there that are sense. trade-offs to both. I always yeah. appreciate your insight. You're smart. I just remember my mom just like bouncing back and forth to these cities. And it was just like all they met about for a whole year, just like, especially it's the government, you know? So they're just going, going crazy. They're crazy. They're nervous. I am rambling like a motherfucker. <laughs> um, can I just tell you about this amazing uh, uh, financial opportunity we missed out on? This sure. is from yeah. my Y2K guide. It says item colon. On September 14th, 1998, the former CEO of United Press International, James Adams, no kidding, announced the creation of the world's largest Y2K website in order to sound a public wake-up call, dubbed Y2K Today. (laughs) And here's from the promo material. It will feature a daily feed of some 500 stories from a special reporting team. What? Plus my reports. It's it's time the public worldwide had access to accurate and timely information, said Adams. Did you hear? Does this? Did you ever hear of this? Because where are these? Where's this story? I want to know the story of this operation. This book book came out pre Y2K. Yeah, spring 1999. Okay. So that was a 1998 effort by the former UPI. So this book is not ironic. This book is actually saying here's- No, this book is like, it's coming. Here's, it's called the Y2K Citizens Action Guide. So it has a whole section on how to organize your community. I mean, honestly, when I read it now, it looks like a great plan for the early days of COVID. Sure. Um, it's like buy your toilet paper up. They even say that it's a disaster uh, you know, preparedness. It's manual. a disaster. Sure. Yeah, and then it has sort of like how to lobby your politicians to care more um, about Y two K and all this crazy shit, which we haven't even explained. I mean, what is the simplest way oh, to yeah. describe what it was? Okay, so in um, back in in olden times and in, in early kind of you know Unix and and and. Uh, other systems, a lot of the the way that they would code in dates was would be just to use the last two characters of, of the year. So, so the only integers you would have would be, you know, like like you know, like seventy seven zero or 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 nine nine. Well, when the clock hit January first UTC time, you know, the year two thousand, there was a big concern about what would happen to those systems when the clock was going to be reset and when you're going to now have to go from from two integers to four. And um, so there was a lot of strum and drum about, 
banking systems, aviation systems, uh, nuclear reactors, uh, and, and other things, many of which, like the infrastructure, again, was like built in the 70s uh, and hadn't necessarily been kept up well, uh, whether or not those things would function. Uh, and um, so you had uh, a massive engineers, uh, usually in, in no longer in vogue languages, having to be like dispersed out to issuing patches and update the code um, to use uh, four integers rather than two. Yeah, so crazy. It's just this little bit baked in, right? And it's not not nothing. <laughs> so if you look no. at if you look at the Wikipedia page, there are some super interesting uh, reported problems that have been verified. The first one was mm-hmm. <laughs> that I loved was 150 Delaware Lottery Racino slot machines stopped working. Shit. <laughs> oh, but I right love next, <laughs> but right next to that, this is straight straight from the Wikipedia page. Okay, so right right after that, as a direct result of the Y2K glitch at midnight, computers at a ground control station ceased processing information from an unspecified number of spy satellites. The military implemented a contingency plan by 3 a.m. Nice work, and mm-hmm. restored all normal functionality, and the empire was saved. <laughs> um, and then there's the last one that's on here that I thought was interesting was the U.S. Navy. Naval Observatory, which runs the like master clock that keeps the country's official time for just a moment, gave the date uh, on its website as January 1, 19100. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I think based on surveys we've done, most of our listeners were sentient in, in the year 2000. But, <laughs> but for anyone who was born like if you were born in the nineties, you may not have fully been cognizant by the time 2000 like, rolled like, around. Oh, oh, and, oh, even, even, yeah. Even if you were say born in 1990, you're like 10 years old. You yeah. might not have realized, like wh- you might not remember what a big deal it was. The in media. The, sh- the yes. sheer panic, the media ran with these stories that literally Armageddon was going to happen. Uh, when all of these computers fritzed out nonstop, and- nonstop coverage, probably oh my god, the five hundred articles that UPI guy said his apparent his team was going to do <laughs> that, that was definitely happening. It just wasn't his team. Oh yeah, no, no, it was. Well, well, it, it, I was talking about this before uh, we started recording. But if anybody wants to watch, um, I think one of the the best episodes of um, uh, television about this whole phenomenon. It's also one of the best episodes of what is, in my opinion, one of the best animated sitcoms ever uh the 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 season four um holiday episode of king of the hill called hillenium um it deals with this exact same thing where where hank um gets kind of caught up because of some computer issues he's he's basically brought into the dale who's his conspiracy theorist friend's side of being worried that the whole grid is going to go down and the systems are going to be overtaken and things are going to be really terrible uh, when the millennium hits and um, uh, basically ruins Christmas for the family, um, it, it ends up having a nice ending. But it's a very, very, very funny episode that I think really encapsulates. And, and the great thing about it is that it aired on December 19th, 1999. So it was written, uh, you know, probably in the early, you know, uh, uh, 1999 because, you know, they have to do several months of, of animation production. Um, and, uh, it really did kind of predict exactly, uh, a kind of the, the, the fury and, and kind of the insanity that was happening and then B 
the fact that like nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, they like, were saying planes might fall out of the yeah, sky. Yeah, right. I know. I know. I actually remember I opening the door and being like, <laughs> I don't see any. <laughs> it was intense. Oh, <laughs> but I, I was like you, Brett, I was in something of a nihilist stage. I had been, <laughs> I had been going back and forth to Iraq uh, and, and seeing like in the, the effects of what happens when our country, what happened uh, when our country bombed most of their infrastructure and then, uh, mm-hmm. and then laid sanctions on them so they couldn't rebuild. Like I was already, half, right. half of my time was already in a post Y2K <laughs> sure. environment. And I was like, fuck it, man, just bring it. <laughs> bring it. <laughs> yeah. It um, I, I mean, I, I was, I, I, I was not at all concerned, but I was, I was like 15. So there was, you know, it just, it seemed overblown to me, but yeah, we didn't know it was going to happen. So there was this bit of excitement that was like, well, maybe some shit really will go down. Right. Like, yeah, I don't think it ever occurred to me. You got to consider the possibility. Sure. Totally. I was sort of, so as always with me, I was in for the drama, but I also like, (laughs) I, 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 I was all about the drama. I was like, Oh hell yeah. But I was also like, not, I don't think it ever even occurred to me that planes would actually fall out of the sky. Um, yeah, I was just like, I, I just, I had faith in our institutions that I perhaps should not have had that I was like, no, clearly the FAA is, is going to have this shit under control. Yeah. Yeah. The Boeing and Airbus people are going to have this shit under control. Like it didn't even occur to me that they wouldn't, but you know, there was always, there was the drama and the intrigue of, well, what's going to happen, you know? Right. And then like my computer, I was, I was on the internet. I think like when it happened, I was either on the internet or I was drinking underage one or the other but um uh regardless i like i you know got back home i think i think i was drinking underage but i think i got back home and um you know everybody like my computer was fine i was like cool i was like on icq or ale instant messenger you know probably like chatting with people be like happy happy 2000 everyone like yeah right yeah (sighs) All right, we're we're coming up on an hour, but I want to give Jeff. I want to give you a chance to. Is there are there any other pearls of wisdom you want to drop from the Citizens Guide? No, just that it's interesting to read it now and think yeah. back. Uh, you know, that wasn't too far before September 11th, which is a yeah. an unfathomable event similar to what we were describing oh. in Y2K. Oh, okay, actually. This is what I was worried about. Now now that I have memories back. Okay, because I was in Model UN, so I was 15, 16. So I was You were in Model concerned. UN? Nice. Yes. So I was actually concerned because I'd been studying Osama bin Laden and the Taliban. I was actually concerned that he was going to bomb Times Square. Oh, mm-hmm. I remember that. That's right. That so that that was that was like my big concern was actually way less the the things coming out of the sky and the Y2K of it all but more that it was going to be a time that like massive terrorism activity was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so me as like me as like a, a, you know, you were obviously aware of those things too, because you were doing, you know, you were in Iraq and you were, you know, um, in those parts of the world around that stuff. But most people, uh, certainly no one else my age. Uh, I don't even think the other uh, model UN kids were, like that concerned, certainly not yeah, my parents not or, my or, or other people. I was going to say most people were not even thinking that at all. But yeah, my concern was never about like, oh, the infrastructure is going to go down. I was like genuinely worried that Osama bin Laden was going to bomb the t- Times Square. Like that's I what know. I thought was going to happen. 
I'm seeing a headline in the newspaper, Model UN warns of possible <laughs> Times Square bombing. <laughs> well, okay, I did write an essay that fall. It's fucking terrible. It's called Don't Hate Me Because I'm a Terrorist. Hate Me Because I'm Confused by Osama Bin Laden. That was a parody sat- satirical essay about how he was like mad at the Bush family and that all of his stuff like stemmed from like never feeling good enough in, in high school. Construction contracts. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> again, again, I, again, I was get, exactly again, I was 15 years old. So this is, I, it, you're like, like, you, two you're years like later. email to your editor from AOL.com. Let me take a crack at this. <laughs> yeah. No, like, 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 like two, like two years, two years, two years later, I'm like, Oh my God, Christina, this is no longer funny and satirical at all. Like, Please no one find oh, this essay yeah. because it's going to really come across <laughs> differently than it did in the fall of 1999. But like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, thank God Angel Fire crashed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> should we uh, Should we do some graptitude? Sure. You guys, I have my graptitude. I know it's a holiday weekend. You guys might, you guys might not be down. I, we'll see. Um, but no, yeah. No, start us off. So- it wasn't too long ago I talked about Affinity uh, products Woo! as as a graptitude, um, but I recently got back into astrophotography, um, and I use a service called itelescope.net, which lets me remotely control about 24 different telescopes around the world, and, and I can set them up, and I can take a bunch of uh, different color uh, filter photos and then you have to composite them and color balance them and and turn like basically multiple multiple plates into a single color image and uh, i had always used some shitty java apps to do this um it turns out that affinity photo uh and affinity photo 2 now have astrophotography features and it has blown me away how I'm able to stack. I can take like five exposures from each color lens, stack them together, create something where I can just do basic, like turn them all into add, add, add layers. Like when you set your uh, opacity type, uh, change it to add, add colorization filters to them and come out with, some pretty fantastic images and I'll, I'll drop a link in the show notes to a blog post I wrote about this, but um, it is, it, it's fantastic. And it's something Photoshop can't do. It's like somebody, somebody took the time to add full, a full astrophotography persona uh, to affinity photo, as well as, filters that do things like removing background and reducing excess stars in because when you shoot a long exposure of a nebula you're going to pick up thousands of stars that's crazy that that get, kind of get in the way of viewing the nebula itself because you know you've done a an hour-long exposure right and so like affinity photo has filters that will just automatically detect excess stars and remove them from the photo uh it is it's just it's outstanding it it it, it's bizarre to me that an app that was designed for photo manipulation put this much effort into what is very much a niche area of of 
photo editing. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of, of the affinity products as we've mentioned before. Uh, also we will note if you're interested in like trying them out, they still have a deal right now where it, the U S price, I think is like a hundred dollars for, to get the version two of all three of their apps. Um, and now it works. It, it's a universal license. So it'll work across platforms, Mac windows and, um, iPad OS. So if you're looking for something that is going to get you, at least in my experience, about 90% of the way that Photoshop and Illustrator do. Like, there's still going to be some... Like, it, look, if you're doing certain professional things where you're having to exchange files, I'm going to be completely candid with you. You're probably still going to need to have a creative um, suite, um, a creative cloud account. Um, but if you're just doing like the sort of stuff that, that Brett is talking about, or if you're wanting to get into photo editing, or if you're wanting to do other types of um Publ- you know, publisher is an amazing app too like okay if, i haven't used if, that if so you, you have to sh- if someone if someone needs you to share an indesign file with them you're going to need your creative suite but if you right. are if you are creating for print and you need to send to a professional printer or you're just creating your own to print at home like publisher is everything i've ever used in indesign i can do in publisher it's really good that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I, I, you know, I can't recommend those apps highly enough. Um, people uh, are still complaining about the fact that after five <laughs> plus years, you know, they, right. they had the temerity to, to have a very good upgrade plan and to not move to a subscription when they could. Right. And like, look, because if Affinity said we want to charge five or ten dollars a month for our suite of apps, I would pay it. Oh yeah, because sure. because because I, I I get more out of it than um I do um like frankly the the Adobe suite because at this point I've actually canceled my personal Adobe um uh subscription and I just rely on my work one which I did not do for a long time um but I'm now at the point where I'm so frustrated with some of the things that Adobe has done and I do like mm-hmm. some of their tools but I'm so frustrated with some of the decisions they've made and and frankly also the frequency of the updates where you never know like yeah. what feature you're going to have or what what version you're at or whatnot that I'm kind of like you know what for personal editing of stuff if I don't have to collaborate with others mm-hmm. I'm I'd much rather use the, the well, affinity tools they're also really good on iOS and to be fair, like a uh, like Affinity Photo can import and export uh, PSD yep. files, uh, so you're not completely cut off from the Adobe world by using Affinity Photo. Um, right, but there are like sometimes layer translations don't come across the same, and each exactly. each app has its own version of like live filters and non destructive filters that don't necessarily translate between the apps, but. For your right. basic, for a more basic PSD file, you can export a oh, multi-layered yeah. no, file yeah. and send it out. Totally, totally. But it's, it's sort of like, you know, using like OpenOffice to interact with Microsoft Office files, right? Mm. Or, or to yep. use, if you're trying to use pages <laughs> or, or, or Excel. Yeah, yeah or, or if you're trying to use, you know, like like pages or numbers to open like Excel or, or Word mm-hmm. files, right? Like there are going to be slight differences. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. If it's for professional reasons, that that's what I'm saying. Like if you have to yep. collaborate with other people. But yeah. if it's a basic file that you're just needing to open that you've downloaded off the internet, or if you know you just want to need to make a quick change, you know, to an InDesign or mm-hmm. an Illustrator or a Photoshop file, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. So uh, co-sign that. But that's also also the your uh, your photography stuff. That's very very cool. 
Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you have one? Do you have one, Jeff? Yeah, I've been I've been playing with so I'm an Obsidian user, but just kind of a light Obsidian user. I mostly use it yeah. to do daily notes. Um, but they um, they just added something called Canvas, which is like a you know yeah. infinite canvas on which you can organize your notes, almost like a mind map or exactly like a mind map. Um, cool. And I am just starting to play with it. I love the idea. Cause I'm someone in mind maps who has a tendency to make long notes, but I'm curious, like if I'm looking at it strictly as how would I create a note so that it would be useful in this canvas functionality, it's kind of opened up my mind a little bit in terms of how I want to, or, or like to organize information. I've talked about this on the show a lot where like, I just, I really appreciate a tool that causes me to think differently about information or taxonomies or whatever else, because my head is always just full of things banging around out of order. And, uh, and so any, anytime I can kind of put something in order and it allows you to just drag a note on, or if you have images stored, you can just drag an image on. Um, and, uh, I think it's just a really cool functionality and I just appreciate that obsidian kind of keeps going. I mean, even it's not so like they have this great community, um, who build all sorts of extensions for obsidian, but they also are, are, they're not just like resting on that. Right. Which like can, which a company can do sometimes they're like continuing to give this like kind of backbone to obsidian as people then kind of come in and build off of that. And I just, I've been really impressed with that and I still haven't shit. Isn't that cool? Watching, Are you playing with it? I'm watching this video and yeah. it's basically, it's Curio inside of Obsidian. It's crazy. This is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so anyway, just kudos to them for continuing to not only like kind of hold space for a wonderful community of users, but also for just continuing to do things that surprise me. Um, so that's me, Obsidian Canvas. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I saw that on Hacker News, but I hadn't had a chance to check it out. So that is awesome. Um, so my pick, so I was, I was held up between two. Um, I do want to, so I'll, I'll, because it's the end of the year, I'll, I'll give a brief kind of uh, thing to both. So the first one, Pixelmator Pro, so speaking of alternatives to Photoshop, mm-hmm. um, they announced a, a new version of their app, which now has like a, an AI filter to do debanding. And um, it's really, really impressive. So um, basically, awesome. it'll get rid of color. It'll get rid of color branding from photos. And um, Pixelmator was was one of the first, you know, because it's a Mac only app, and uh, it was also on, on on iPad, I think. You know, where they used a lot of like GPU, the power of the GPU to do a lot of filter effects, and and I think they might even been a little bit ahead of Photoshop on on some of that because they were using like the way they were using like OpenGL and Core Image and stuff. Um, and so that debanding uh, feature is now part of Pixelmator Pro. Uh, I also think that app is 50% off right now. So if you're looking for other alternatives, that's another one. I have both Affinity Photo and Pixelmator. I'll be honest, I tend to use uh, uh, Acorn for basic things, Affinity sure. Photo for more <laughs> um, advanced stuff. <laughs> and then and then I'll go into um, uh, Photoshop if I have to do something very specific. <laughs> um, that, that's usually like like my, my hierarchy there. But uh, but Pixelmator is a great app, and so I wanted to mention that. And then the other one I wanted to mention because I just realized that it it's just been added to setup is Craft, which is mm. um, a really great. It's kind of like a Notion alternative, but it's a, they have a web app and, and a Mac and, and and iOS apps, and it's just a really great way of of creating um, formatted documents. So uh, honestly, the, it, it's very similar to Notion, but I I like it oh, better yeah. than Notion. 
Cool. And so, uh, so it was, it's, it's craft.do is, is the website and it's now part of um, setup. I'm not exactly sure what plan comes with it on setup because I already pay for craft. Setup requires I that you unlock to. all features. So if they're on setup, then you're getting whatever. Quote, oh, they quote, do. Interesting. I, I guess that makes sense, I guess. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's really cool. So, um, so I guess you probably get the cool thing like the five dollar a month plan is what I'm guessing um, from uh, from Craft, uh, which is which is great if you're a setup subscriber. Um, and uh, but but Craft is is really really good. Um, and uh, it, you know lets you like kind of create and, and structure documents. But I'm I'm a big fan of it. So. Obsidian, Craft, all these things that didn't exist when I should have released NV Ultra and (laughs) have have diluted the market to the extent where NV Ultra has to serve a very niche purpose at this point because there's so many great note-taking apps out there. Sure, yeah. Well, well, what happened, Brett, is that none is good, but but what happened is that everybody loved envy uh, uh, alt so much that they had to right. like build and, and in many cases spend <laughs> probably millions of dollars building My a fans are very so <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of text expander my most used text expander snippet has been uh, because I, I we talked Jeff about me doing the automators episode yeah and I also mentioned in my the blog post that we did the lightning round from last week. Yep. Uh, I mentioned if anyone really wants on the NV Ultra beta, uh, just email. I use it every the, day. The nvultra.com email address. Uh, and I have sent out at this point over 200 uh, awesome. invites to the NV Ultra beta. And right. if it weren't for Text Expander, oh my God, that would be such a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Cause with Text Expander, you can basically do like a regex to do like a, um, a what, what is it called? What, what's it? What's the print? Um, mail merge. Is that what it's called? Oh, the oh yeah. Feature? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't use that. I just like, I get there, I get the request in email. Uh, I hit reply. I type comma, comma, NVUB. Sometimes I'll insert a a like, hey Jeffrey, and hey, that's then me. He's talking to me. Only only one person out of over two hundred so far has written back to say oh, that was obviously a text expander snippet that you just sent me, and I'm like, of course <laughs> it is. Yes, yeah, yeah. business. <laughs> It's, it's like yes. Uh, w- w- do do you have the time to type this in manually? I'm sorry, so I sorry. Didn't, sorry, I didn't, I didn't I, personalize <laughs> this to uh, exactly a person. I don't even I, know. I, I'm so sorry that this was not artisanally, organically crafted. Like <laughs> right, right, exactly. By gnomes. Like, <laughs> what do you want from me? It's not like you were using like a, a I signature. Think, I think uh, I think machine. that guy. I think he was saying it out of appreciation. Though that's I good, think he that's was good. like, oh okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know I know you love text expander totally. and I see you using it and I appreciate that this is happening. Do you know what's been happening okay. in my head ever ever since you said comma comma whatever? I've been hearing comma 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 comedian. <laughs> comma 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 NVUB. There it is. Um, all right. See, see <laughs> there you go. That. Get you get 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 boy George involved. Have a have a have a culture <laughs> club. Love um, happy to riff on this. Totally. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, good to hey, chat. you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Are we allowed yes. to say that? I keep forgetting. I think yeah, that in this Merry circle, we're all Christmasing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Also, also, 
but it's also the week of Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah as yeah. well. Yeah, happy so. holidays in general. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, you know, like there's a reason happy holidays. It's an accepted term, but nobody ever made it illegal to say Merry Christmas. So all of the things no, to not. all of the people and to all of you guys, enjoy your enjoy your holidays. Um, I look forward to talking next week. Yes. Likewise, take care of yourselves. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. Are you awake? The system is going down low. Hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes. And let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.